Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today, I'm joined by director Naveen A. Chathapuram to talk about his latest film, The Last Victim. The Last Victim is a neo-Western thriller set in the American Southwest, following Sheriff Hickey, who's trying to solve the worst case he's ever seen in a small town, likely caused by a violent local gang led by a fearsome criminal. I had a great time chatting with uh, Naveen, and this is a fantastic film. It's currently available on VOD and in select theaters. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Good morning, Naveen. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, This is great. Uh, It was, no, this was such a great film. I love this. This was, um, it took me back to the first time that I saw Blood Simple. It's just this, it had this, idea of a kind of a neo-western thriller combination of things and you have this opening sequence in this movie that feels like a film unto itself this the opening i think it's probably like 15 minutes long or so that you have a beginning middle and end this beautiful arc has great punctuation at the end of it that i don't want to give away for anybody and man that you're just throwing everything out there right away in such a controlled um, and deliberate pace that it's something that you don't see often in first time filmmakers. And just, can you talk a little bit about the opening of this film? Cause I was floored by it. You know, first of all, uh, thanks for that, Chris. I mean, it's uh, music to my ears cause uh, you know, it's been a long process and you know, you're going in day in and day out. And when you hear that, and especially um, I'm a film fan first. So when it comes from a fellow fan of mine, um, a film fan of, you know, it, it just, it's just music to my ears. Um, so you know, growing up, uh, you know, it reminds me of the scene from uh, the opening scene of The Good, Bad and the Ugly or Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, and when we were planning this out, um, we wanted to do something like that. And, you know, the films in the 70s and 80s, they didn't have a, sort of a time pressure and they had a different sort of a structure. So typically they would have this opening uh, prologue uh, and then they'll go into titles and then you know the film actually starts you know what I mean and then so we wanted to bring uh like a little bit of a nod to that sort of a genre film uh and also the timing uh as you noticed it like we wanted you know when you go watch a Leone film or a Kubrick film or a Coen Brothers film you are in their time and space you know they set the time they set this you know and then you give them the liberty as an audience with pleasure um so th- you know i just wanted to sort of try uh my hand at what they had done and and uh, uh i had a great writer uh ash lewis you know who brought the character's life i had a great dp who was able to, and and production designer who were able to bring the world uh to life and then uh, I have a great collaborator in my editor, John Chimples, you know, when we were chiseling and and uh, uh, doing the final thing. And also uh, Rick Ash, my um, sound mixer designer, uh, you know, he's done. The first thing I noticed was the sound in this movie. It's just front and center right away. And it's so impactful. Just the, the way people eat and light cigarettes and just everything. It's just so sound driven here for sure. The sound mix is incredible in this thing. No, thank you so much. And uh, I had the pleasure to work with Rick Ash, who's a friend, uh, but you know, he has done things like Pulp Fiction, Little mm-hmm. Miss Sunshine, Black Hawk Down. And, you know, and so he came in and said, uh, look, one of my favorite mixes is uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. 
uh, and and uh, his goal was to sort of his in his own way to do like a little homage to that, you know. So uh, we had we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and can you talk? And for all the support that you're giving there on the technical side, um, you know, the, it looks great. It sounds amazing. It's edited beautifully. That opening sequence, the whole film. But yeah. really, I think that if your performance isn't there and the movie doesn't work at all oh, yeah. in any way, because you're having someone that's going to have to be a, a foe to Ron Perlman. You're going to have to have a voice that can stand up to that. And that's it something is. that you set that stage so clearly right away that this is somebody that is absolutely a worthy adversary and somebody that is, has their own bizarre moral compass in a way. Yes. <laughs> that, um, there, there is an internal logic here that it's not yeah. just a, uh, a maniac for the sake that's just, you know, a mustache twirling villain. This is somebody that's an incredible performance for sure here. And I, and I guess the, uh, could you talk to him without geeking out over Coen brothers stuff the entire time? That would be my natural um, just, you know, it would be, I mean, not going into that and thinking of the weight of everything these actors are bringing to this film and this, it's just, it would be hard for me to divorce that, but he does such an amazing job here. So, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, first of all, fortunate to have had this great cast. Um, and even when we cast locally, we had a great casting director who brought these young talents, you know, who were ready to like uh, put everything on the line, you know, as far as their performance is concerned. And uh, to have pros, yeah, I mean, you know, I love movies with great villains. Uh, and in this case, uh, since, you know, Ron was playing. Uh, you know, the sheriff, you know, we wanted someone uh, really powerful to play Jake. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to say that the first person we went to and the only person we went to said yes. Uh, <laughs> and like it, it, it hit me in two different ways. Like one was when I was watching The Witch, um, yeah. you know, the, the presence uh, he had and, and, and how he blended in with that environment. And, you know, he made you believe that you know, he occupied that world, you know? And the second thing is I probably watched the trailer of which the, Witch probably 200 times just to hear the voice, uh, you know, it starts with that voice in the darkness mm -hmm. and the little horse carriage. And I just kept watching it. And I would just imagine that voice reminating from the script emanating from the script, you know, like, and uh, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a great pleasure to have, uh, pros like Ali, uh, you know, Ron and Ralph and who are um, leaders in their own like way in, in the genre world, you know what I mean? Like in different ways. So that was, a, that was a huge pleasure. Well, it's the, the voice is such an important part of this with the voiceover that you have and that this is essentially you're choosing an, an unusual narrator for your <laughs> film. Uh, if you talk about that, you're essentially putting us in, the eyes of not the logical uh, person you'd expect to hear tell this story. What, what led to that? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, like, again, going back to great villains, you know, we spent a lot of time building the backstory for Jake. Uh, and when uh, you're done with the script, what happens is you feel like you left a lot on the table, mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, how do we show, uh, without hitting people over the head, like not not a traditional narration, uh, you know, who, he's basically narrating what's happening on screen. Uh, we were like, how could we juxtapose it in a way where uh, what happens on screen could be sometimes diametrically opposite to what 
he's saying, yeah. you know, and, and we wanted to make it uh, human. Uh, and the character, I mean, you know, like one of our themes in the film, as you know, is uh, isolation. Um, and then it, it's about the violence that lurks within every one of us. Uh, then if you peel it further, how, uh, how long, how much can you be pushed back until you strike back and then confronting um, your demons? So these were all thoughts in the back of our head. And, uh, uh, and then once Ash wrote the monologue at the beginning, at the opening of the film, uh, I knew that, okay, this is the device. This is, you know, once I heard it uh, and read it, I was like, this is the device. So we talked about, you know, how we could, without hitting it over the head, how, how could we incorporate it into the film? Um, and, and again, going back to villains, like a lot of these villains are philosophers and at certain level we relate to them or, uh, you know, we, we, we relate to uh, their reasoning or logic, but it's just that they, the way they go about it, what they do with uh, that philosophy, you know, they go on the wrong path or a mistaken path. That's what makes them, villains because you know you relate to them but then you can't relate to the things that they do because it's it's uh, you know inhuman or whatever it is well you start to see the uh the parallels between the three stories that you have essentially you have this young couple that's on the vacation you have our villain and then you have the police officer and they're all there's an inevitability that all these paths will cross at some point in time. We don't know how or what exactly is going to happen. But yeah. when you have the villain narrating the story, you start to see similarities very early on between how their worldviews are alike. And yes. that when they collide, that this is, it, they're, they're, it's just, it's almost like fate that they, when these will intersect and how they're going to intersect, what that's going to be like. And it's just a, there's so much tension in this thing right from the jump. And it's something that you're just slowly ratcheting up. And I hate the the term slow burn because it feels lazy in the description to me, but it is something yeah. that feel this feels very deliberate in the pacing. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, we didn't want to rush into a lot of the times and some of my mentors who are directors, they've said, you know, you could increase the pace at the beginning of the film and then you have nowhere to go, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, so if you have a strong opening scene and, and uh, then the, you kind of let the tension linger and, and you get to set up the things that you want to set up in, in the proper manner, and then um, you can weave it and you can ratchet it uh, and then you can start building the pace. And, you know, until I don't know if you remember the movie um, from the 70s, uh, Unstoppable, uh, you know, the, the train it's like it's it's like this train hostage uh, thing. It, uh, did, is that the one that Tony Scott did? He remake that? I knew that there was a. Uh, yeah, he, he probably uh, made a version of that, but there's okay. a one of the '70s. But that one, it, you know, it starts very slow, very deliberate, just like you know, and the brilliant. I think it was a Eastern European director, mm. but but the way uh, the the tension built and built, it was just like a you know steam engine engine starting to move. And then once it's moving and then it's unstoppable. And towards the end, you're like, there's no way stopping this train. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, so, so metaphorically, you know, we were aspiring to bring that sort of a feeling, um, feeling in this. Well, I think that the, and it's something that's really smart because you, you get to a point where you get comfortable at a certain level of tension and then it just increases slightly. And then it's there and it's slowly building on itself the entire time. Instead of, as you were saying, having these huge explosions where 
you yeah. build it up to this crescendo and then there's this valley and, th- and that can be effective in a certain way, but I feel like yeah. it's, you only have so much that you can build up again at that point yes. because you've, ex- you exhaust yourself instead of just these moments in this where you honestly forget to breathe at times <laughs> just because it's at that place. And it's so wonderful to be, to be taken back to those types of films that were very, um, they, they were, they had a faith in the audience where that we were going to go on this journey with the filmmaker. And it's something that I don't, it feels like our hands are being held too yes. much now yeah. where there is, you know, just the way that everything has to be built. And it's just, it's constant crescendo and the stakes are constantly building on themselves to the point that it's just by the end of it, you don't give a shit anymore. And this Absolutely. is something that I was deeply invested in right away. Chris, I'm so glad you mentioned <laughs> that because, because, you know, you intended and, you know, you don't know if ever uh, someone's going to see it. And to me, the process is, you're making them, you know, like you leave enough space, you leave enough room for the audience to participate and, and they're imagining, you know, to, it's like reading a great novel or a great book, mm. you know, um, you participate with the author, the creator. So in this case, you know, I wanted that participation. And at the end of it, uh, each one of them will have their own version of the movie that they can take away rather than uh, radio, you know, like basically radioing everything, uh, on the surface and then you know they've just watched it and then they they walk away and then is this something that you've been able to watch with an audience because i i was while i loved the the experience of watching this with noise canceling headphones and having it up really loud at night and just yeah. enjoying that the idea of sitting with a room and feeling those quiet moments i, I would imagine that just that has to be a whole other experience absolutely so uh the film got chosen um at the uh, Oldenburg International Film Festival mm. in September last year, uh, and it was nominated Best Film. And uh, so it was my first film showing it to an audience who, you know, uh, like they're strangers. And and I walk into the theater and the lobby is full. And in my experience, it's my first movie. I'm thinking they're standing in line for some other film. And then uh, I get escorted into the screening room and I realized for the sound test, and I realized that, that they're all waiting for my movie. And uh, it, it was a, it was a scary moment for me, but, but once they came in, um, settled down, I walked out because I didn't want the director's presence in the room. And once the movie had, you know, once we were into that restaurant scene, I came back in, snuck back in and, oh my God, it's the best experience to watch it with, uh, with an audience because, you know, when even at the slightest little uh, joke at the beginning or, or like a nod or whatever, you, you have giggles in the theater and then, and then as an audience, they get comfortable. And then at there's, there's a moment when um, in the film where it brought down the house, even from a laughter standpoint, but then what happens is like when the tension builds from there uh, there's pin, like, like it was, it was silent. So it felt like I was watching someone else's movie, you know, uh, and it was like an out of body experience for me, but, but it was, it was really good. And, you know, at some point in time, uh, you know, there are select theaters, uh, hopefully people get out there, but, uh, but yeah, your experience too. I mean, you know, for the most of the edit and the sound mix and everything like that, I was just wearing my noise canceling phones in my basement and, and watching it and writing notes down. So I love that experience as well. Yeah. I mean, most of the films that I love, there were things that I saw what, years after they had been released you know i sorcerer that's one of my yes. favorites the friedkin film i didn't see that i've never seen that projected i would love to see that in a theater but yes. most of us do event we just see things at home it's how it is and it's never been better 
to see things at home. (laughs) We're not in with the technology. Yeah. It's it's, the experience is so much better than it ever was, but this is something that I'm just that um, relic of the past being 45 years old, where I still want that and cherish the idea of being in a theater. And this is something that despite having seen this now, I would still go out to a theater and watch this. And I highly recommend anybody that's listening to this to check this out. Cause this is something that, um, it's, it's a movie you don't see enough of. It doesn't insult the audience. It takes, um, it takes its time and it pays off dividends by doing so. And I think this is something that, you know, anybody that has uh, an appreciation of acting, a performance of of any kind of a thriller, I think you would definitely, they'll find something in this to enjoy. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no, and thank you so much for taking the time. And I am definitely looking forward to whatever's coming down the pike next because I'm I'm a fan. So you, you knocked this oh one out God. of the park, man. So uh, congratulations, you, this is a great one. You just made my day. I mean, um, <laughs> I can't tell you uh, what this means. Uh, it's just, it's just, uh, uh, you know, thank you. And, uh, uh, just to hear your thoughts. I mean, it's, it's been a, it's, it's been such a pleasure. No, thank you, man. Cause this yeah. is one of those, uh, this is why your film here, this is the reason I started doing this. It was the, my favorite job I ever had was when I worked at a video store, just cause I could recommend things that people hadn't seen. And yes. you know, when I can find ones like this and that I, that maybe not everyone has heard of this week when it's coming out that I want to make sure I'm screaming this one, just, Hey, oh my you God. need to check out the last victim. This is one that you're going to have a great time with. If, if, if there were still in the day of a recommended wall, this would be right up there this week, man. So congratulations. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Take care, man. Have a good one. It was I nice to meet you. you. Yep. Great to meet you. Bye-bye. Time enough to figure you out Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
Crack.